0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The celebration of the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary to her kinswoman Elizabeth occurs a little later in the, the traditional calendar. It seems that the, the tradition would have it as past the octave day after the birth of St. John the Baptist, so that we are commemorating the visitation of Mary to Elizabeth at at the very end of her three-month visit there, whereas in the new calendar it falls on May 31st, somewhere in the middle of Our Lady's visit to Elizabeth something pleasing about the traditional calendar that even into uh, July we're reminded again of the Annunciation of the Incarnation in the womb of our Blessed Mother of Our Lady's joy at the, the Incarnation in her virginal womb. This joy overflows even from her first greeting Indeed, even though we're not given a direct quote of the the greeting of Mary in this occasion, holy shalom, peace, this is considered one of the seven words that Mary utters in sacred scripture. It is uh, contemplated by uh, Saint Bernardine of Siena as a fire blazing forth from the Immaculate Heart of Mary and such power in that greeting, such love. In a celebration of a feast day, we can consider two aspects. Partly it is simply to contemplate the mystery. We're doing it right when we simply linger in the joy and marveling of the mystery. We join with Elizabeth and in that holy wonder at the Incarnation at the graceful presence of Mary, at the such joy and presence that that even the child in her womb leaps, already St. John the Baptist dancing in his mother's womb, enlivened by grace and sanctified in his mother's womb by the work of our Lord through the mediation of our Blessed Mother. So we can linger in contemplating the mystery in itself, and we can consider what it applies for our lives. And we can consider a number of things. Their whole religious order, the Visitandi sisters, were founded with the uh, inspiration of Our Lady of the Visitation, prompting them to works of charity for the the poor, the sick, and the suffering as they were founded through um, um, in Paris, and the the um, work of Saint Francis de Sales, de Sales and uh, Saint Jane Francis de Chantal, and we can consider then what that charity is that we can show even in this first part of the of the the reading here when Mary is greeting Elizabeth. It is actually a work of charity that we greet one another. It's almost a, a, a cold and harsh place when even strangers walking by in the street can't even muster enough energy to say hello, to smile, to, want, to will the good for the other. It is a real practical, everyday act of charity that we be alert beyond ourselves, and our own pressing anxieties, pressures, stress of life that we look to greet cordially those around us. How often people have found occasion in those cordial greetings to, like Mary, spread the joy of our incarnate Lord, to spread the joy of salvation, to share a miraculous medal. That it takes some boldness and discernment, openness to the Holy Spirit, but even that first expression of a simple hello, good morning, have a good day, may God bless you, these simple greetings. Traditionally too, in Christian countries, their greetings have been elevated even to a, uh, an exchange in prayer. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. We might adopt in here, the, for the most precious blood of Jesus, Praise be the blood of Jesus, now and forever. Things like this, these are holy greetings. It's a wholesome way to to live and interact with one another. And in the midst of the hearts of men grown cold, in the midst of secular society, we see that restricted. People's faces covered with face masks. So not even a smile could hardly be conveyed even if they had one to muster to share people turned in, constricted. This is not the example of the Christian life we see in the most perfect disciple of our Lord in the Immaculate Heart of our Blessed Mother. So on this Feast of the Visitation, let us consider how even in those small ways in our everyday interactions, we can radiate that joy of Christ in our hearts, as Mary did so powerfully We can pray even that everyone we greet be given a share in the graces that we obtain in attending Holy Mass. That we can will for them grace, we can greet their guardian angel, we can be alert for wanting their good. The people that we see, we greet along the way, that love that we can, can share. When Mary arose, she went with haste. Mary's Fervent desire to share the joy of the incarnation, her generous willingness to help her kinswoman Elizabeth. The Holy Spirit does not tolerate delay. Saint Ambrose writes in commenting on this passage: "The Holy Spirit does not tolerate delay." May we have that joy, the vivacity, that, that willingness to give and be prompt in giving. She went into the hill country. It was a great blessing of my formation of the seminarian to be able to to visit the Holy Land and to see this hill country itself. I gazed upon an extra moment, my friends are saying, well, we go, we go into the shrine I, say, I want to see the hill country. What are these hills like? My friends from Montana like that in the Latin, it's eat in Montana. like. But the hills of the hill country of Judea are more like the hills of Pittsburgh, then the the uh, relatively flat land and mountains in Montana, and uh, the ups and downs. Pope Benedict would reflect on this this scene, this one first verse here of Mary going up and down through the hill country of Judea, as an image prefiguring Holy Mother Church carrying Christ in the ups and downs of uh, Christian history across all of time our Blessed Mother, carrying our Lord in the midst of all the world, not yet knowing the joy of the Incarnation, the power of salvation that was sure to be unfolding from what our Lord has chosen to do and already at work in the heart of Mary. So, may we join with our Blessed Mother in that joy, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. In the sacred liturgy, since at least the 5th century, it has been enshrined in the sacred liturgy that the church prays the Magnificat every evening. And probably from before that, as, Pope ben- as Saint Benedict was doing uh, much of was codifying for the monks what was being done in the parishes an intuition from the ancient church that this Magnificat is a daily prayer. Some devout faithful do pick up the Liturgy of the Hours and you do well to, uh, to embark upon it, and in the contemporary version it's made as accessible as possible in the vernacular. You can find it even on an app to pray it. But even if you don't do that, consider picking up the Magnificat as a daily prayer, a point of reference, a varying reflection. In the midst of the apparent victory of evil, in the midst of times of sorrow and confusion, darkness, so much evil, we do well to simply linger with our Blessed Mother, to allow her joyful spirit to fill us, to uh, imbue that spirit of joy into our hearts, to pray with her that Magnificat, And for those of you who do pick up the Liturgy of the Hours, the breviary, consider when you pray the the Magnificat how much you can benefit from lingering with the the prayer and really allowing the heart of Mary to speak to your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. St. Luke's Gospel records our Lord saying this. And so earlier on in St. Luke's Gospel, we have the Magnificat of Mary. We have this canticle of her Immaculate Heart. So if we wish to have that joyful spirit, to greet others with great charity, to be beyond ourselves as we learned with Mary, to find our joy in the Lord and our serene confidence in his eternal victory, that he cast down the mighty from their thrones, that he will lift up the lowly, he will fill us with good things we are hungry, And that we trust that he will remember his promise of mercy. Canon O'Connor kindly uh, filled in to help with confessions. If he's not available, we'll make sure confessions are still available after Mass. we had a while to get to confession. For today, it's also the first Friday of the month of July. We offer reparation to the most sacred heart of Jesus. And... uh, Tomorrow, of course, the first Saturday, and uh, oh, and a final note, today is commemorated Saints Processus and Martinianus, a fascinating story that these were guards that were um, att- assigned to St. Peter. So even as he's on his way to his martyrdom, St. Peter manages to, uh, to impart the faith to these guards. So much so are they strong in faith that they themselves will also eventually be martyred. And whereas in St. Peter's Basilica, at the center is the tomb of St. Peter. On the one side transept, there's St. Simon and Jude. But opposite the altar of St. Simon and Jude, there's the altar of St. Processus and Martinianus. So these men, otherwise obscure and unknown, by their depth of their conversion, by their faithfulness, even unto death, they were honored amongst the tombs of the Apostles in the Basilica of St. Peter in Rome. There is also today in the Martyrology a reference to three soldiers that St. Paul converted when he was about to be led to his martyrdom, the little rivalry of St. Peter and Paul, that St. Paul was going to outdo St. Peter by getting but one more soldier to convert before he was martyred. So we remember them. They're not, their names are not remembered. Their number of three is recorded. And uh, we invoke their intercession as, as well, these holy martyrs. And we remember our Blessed Mother, Our Lady of the Visitation, Queen of the Martyrs, Mother of the Church. We pray for the liberty and exaltation of our Holy Mother the Church.